I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And. Is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? <clears throat> I hope I can stop like. I know I keep doing clearing that too. my throat. Sorry. Sorry. Guys, everybody. allergy season is truly upon us. Woof. Isn't it it's always been- allergy season? Yeah, but it's been especially just because Southern California, we had Santa Ana's today. It's randomly raining. Like I feel it in my eyes. Aaron's nose has been going in. I feel like we've all just been collectively like. I just feel like I need to buy 400 more air purifiers. If you're an air Mm -hmm. purifier company, sponsor me because I will use it and post about it every day. I just need them like lining every inch of my apartment. How are you? I'm good. I kind of feel like a chicken with its head cut off today. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I know you agree. So excited to be here and like take a moment to pause and get present with you before running off into the rest of the afternoon. That's something that you and I really have to do. And we 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 do that when we record because sometimes it depends. Like right now, Meadow and I are recording in the middle of the day. We've already recorded one amazing guest episode. And in between our like trying to do a million things, I'm going out of town tomorrow. Like this this week has felt really hectic. And I like that when you and I record, we really do try as best as possible to forget about everything else that's going on and ground ourselves in like what we are doing. Like arrive. Rick Rubin made Anderson Cooper sit with his eyes closed and meditate to arrive before they did an interview. And he was like, oh, I've never done that before. I was like, you could probably use it, Coop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Coop. You could. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, today we are doing another Mm Q&A. Every time we do a Q&A, we post primarily, by the way, if you don't know, we do these Q&As often and we'll post primarily on Instagram on stories. So make sure you're following us at Thoughts May Vary Pod because that's where we post a ton for Q&As. And you guys always send in the best and most thoughtful questions. Mm -hmm. I need to point out though that like, I feel like this is genuinely a two-way street relationship because as we've gotten to know each other, like the listeners and us, like more, the questions have gotten so much. Not that they were never deep or like thoughtful oh, or I whatever, what you're saying, but there's yeah. just a lot more that mm-hmm. is being presented. And I want to take a second to thank the listeners for feeling mm-hmm. so comfortable in the way that they talk to us for like holding such beautiful boundaries and understanding Meadow and like my boundaries as well. You guys are the fucking realist. I totally agree. And it's fun because we get to know like whether it's your name or your handle. And if you ask questions Mm -hmm. often, it's so fun to see. We can kind of piece together like your journey and how, what you've gone through and what you've learned by your question. It's just so much fun. It, it does genuinely make it feel like the two way street most accessibly. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we love doing these and do them all the time. So I tried to diversify. There's a little spirituality, a little mental health, a little relationship, a little work. Let's just dive in. Somebody asked how to balance intuitive spiritual practices and a productive working life. Seems impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to my daily struggle. The things that have helped me. Okay. You know what? I'll talk about the calendar that I saw on TikTok and I'm going to find out this man's name. His name is Jesse Itzler. Forewarning, I have no idea who he is. I have no idea. If, like, just, I don't know. I saw one video and it was a nice one. An American entrepreneur, author, and rapper. He's the co-founder rapper? of- Yeah, apparently. He's the co-founder of Marquis Jet, one of the largest private jet card companies in the world. 
So he posted a TikTok about how he has these giant calendars. I'm talking like the posters that you would make for like your friends at their soccer games times 10. Okay. And on this poster, he has mapped out the whole next year of his life. And at first when I saw it, I was like, this motherfucker is going to tell me to like put all my work goal. It's just going to be more about work, blah, 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 blah. No, I was so pleasantly surprised. The sum of it was like, what is the point of working if you don't get to enjoy your life? So he was like, we spend so much time focused on work. The work is going to fill itself in. We know those goals are usually top of mind, whatever. He's like, what this calendar is for is to make sure that I actually do the things that I really want to do this year. So I have all of my trips planned. I have all my kids' games planned. I have all of like, all of the amazing things that a year goes by, we blink and we're like, fuck, what did I do this year? Hmm. that's what he puts on the calendar. And I really liked that approach. And it's something that Meta and I were talking about offline and we're like, oh, we should implement Mm -hmm. that and do that. Um, And it's sort of like having a planned out bucket list, which I like. Mm -hmm. And so when I read this question, that sort of came to my brain because as someone who kind of needs, I don't need to be reminded about the things I want to do or the practices that I want to implement. I just need sometimes a little bit of a push to do it. Mm. And so for me, scheduling shit, knowing that in the morning, when I wake up, I have my ritual, I have my routine. I do some of my, whether I'm like reading a chapter of creative act, whatever those practices are, doesn't matter. I know I do certain things in the morning. I know I do certain things in the evening. Sometimes during the day, like if I can sprinkle, I don't really like stop in the middle of the day to like do a whole thing, but if I like take me to take breaths or whatever, but for me, it's been helpful to at least like factor them in as like a non-negotiable in the same way that like other non-negotiables exist within Mm -hmm. my life. That's exactly what I was going to say. I have a non-negotiable morning and evening routine. It's in my calendar. Gabby has access to it. AM time block that I do all of my like grounding spirituality stuff as bookends of my day. Cause I think they really mm-hmm. like set me up for the day and then help me unpack from the day. Plus it, it is hard to get some in between. So those are absolutely non-negotiable. I approach them no matter what, if you have to learn to wake up earlier to make it happen, make it happen. And then things throughout the day that are non-negotiable to keep that balance is I have to get outside. Having Mahal was the best way to do this. Mm-hmm. I have to get outside and be in nature. When I do eat lunch. Sometimes it's at different. I was just complaining to Gabby about how like the past week I haven't been able to eat lunch till like the end of the day. And I never do that. And so that's been a hard balance, but I'm rolling with it. When I do, I'm off devices in my morning and evening routine. I'm absolutely off devices. So hard boundaries with technology, getting outside of nature, book ending the routines. Like those are kind of just my quotidian mm-hmm. ways of implementing that. Yeah. And, and I do, I treat it as a non-negotiable and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I don't care if it's an interview. I don't care if it's like something we want to work with. Like no matter what it's after this time and before this time, I have to, mm-hmm. I, I have to, in order to show up the best I can in the, in between, in the work, in the daily responsibilities. Yeah. And like Meta said, if you have to wake up a little earlier, like wake up a little earlier, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you need to do. It's so, it's so important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes I feel this. I feel like sometimes when there's like a new moon or whatever, and then I'm like, ugh, now I'm just fucking tired. It's dark so early. I don't want to journal all these things. So I just want to like watch this show and like go to sleep. So I feel this heavy sometimes where I'm like, oh, I want to do all these things. I just think that I put, um, I don't know if you do this too, whoever asked this question, like sort of pressure on like, if I'm going to do this spiritual routine, I need to be doing this like thing and like this like ritual for like an hour. Like if I want to be witchy, I need to do this and this. And this. It doesn't need to be that way. 
Like Mm -mm. it's the same thing as working out. Like go move for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever the fuck you can get yourself to do, do it. I will. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was like, I have something to add, but I'll just go on and on. Do you want to add it? No. I, yes. If you're going to do, if you're going (laughs) to. Uh-huh. Even if you're going to make it fast, if you're going to do a spiritual thing, I will say like, as long as you can tap into presence, like it can take five minutes tops. Like you can journal for five minutes tops, but like remove yourself to completely commit to it, no matter the length of time, because that's the way you're going to gain the benefit from it. I guess that's my point. My eyes just watered because I'm yawning. You know, when I was little and my eyes would water in school because I'd yawn, everyone would be like, are you crying? So annoying. And I'm like, no, but you're going to be crying. Rude. I used to cry every time I put on eyeliner. Like my eyes were so sensitive to makeup. You so like you, you can't put eyeliner. Do I know? Yeah, that's true. Okay, I liked this question. I thought it was funny. If you don't know what to talk about with your therapist, do you just reschedule or go? <laughs> that is so funny. I always just push myself to go because I end up not shutting up no matter what. Same. Yeah, you'll find something to talk about. Oh yeah. You sure will. You sure fucking will. And a therapist can prompt you or you can sit there in silence and then unpack that uncomfortability. (laughs) Yeah. And if you feel like your therapist isn't prompting you in a way that's helpful, then like that's a cue. Totally. Maybe you need a new therapist. But just because that works for us doesn't mean it works for you. Like if you want to reschedule and you're self-soothing in between, pop off. I think just be honest about why you're rescheduling. Because sometimes like you reschedule because like, yeah, you really like, I'm like, I'm fine and I don't feel like I'm packing today because like... I don't feel like digging something up that I'm actually like not that uncomfortable about, but I'm just trying to find something to find, like to totally. talk about. Totally. So just like ask yourself, why are you rescheduling? Mm-hmm. Be clear. Mm-hmm. Good question. Good question. Okay. Moving on to how do you know you've fully healed and moved on from something? Do you have like something that you feel like in your body? When you feel like that's you know? what I was. Just, that's a, was my immediate response was like, how do I describe the feeling in my body? Um, I'm not emotionally attached to it. Mm. So I feel, I feel physically the space between me and the thing. It doesn't bring up obsessive thoughts or Mm -hmm. ruminating thoughts. It doesn't bring up complicated feelings. It doesn't trigger my nervous system. I can look at it with clearer perspective that doesn't feel as personal. What's another way to describe it? I feel like I feel that so viscerally when you ask it and it's, I'm trying to find more ways to Yeah, me too. To and it. I have such a clear situation. Oh, really? Tell me. Well, no, I mean, I just, it's like oh, a I clear situation. Like no, like it's a clear situation that I've gone through that I'm healed from that I can identify. Oh, and it's okay. Exact, I co-sign everything you said. Do you have any other like physical way to describe it? It is such a physical feeling, I feel like. It honestly, I know, as fucking annoying of a sentence as this is about to be, it is just such a knowing. You'll know. You will know. Mm -hmm. And honestly, too, on top of that, this episode's coming out the week after Cyrus's episode. And if you Mm -hmm. listen to to their episode, they said something so amazing. We were talking about hate comments and DMs. And they said – of course it affects them, but it doesn't impact them anymore. Oh, that was so good. And I yeah. loved what they were saying about that. So if you want to hear mm-hmm. that full conversation, go check out Sirius's episode if you have not yet. But to sum it's it- amazing. Yeah. They basically were like, obviously it affects me. I'm not fucking great. Like, of course, hate comments affect me. We're not a robot. Yeah. We're not a robot, but it doesn't impact me. I don't change my behavior. I don't change the way I think about myself. I don't change- mm the next step that happens after the the 30 seconds to two minutes that like it affected me. Such a gorgeous distinction. And I thought that was a really interesting way to think about this question. That episode was so fucking good. We recorded that earlier It was today. so good. It was so good. 
Okay. As two girlies who have been through a lot romantically, go team, <laughs> but are now in healthy and happy relationships, how did you maintain hope and faith that you would eventually meet someone and be in a, in a great relationship? I would love to hear your perspective on this because you have helped me keep my heart open and Aww. stay hopeful and remain hopeful, but I've never known you single. Yeah. So I don't know. This might be more unique to me because as most listeners know, I went from like physical, sexual, emotional abuse to Aaron, love of my life and long-term partner. There was eight months of being single in between. And I was not, not that I wasn't hopeful. It wasn't even on my fucking agenda. My only intention after that time was to love myself and be happy with myself and fully content with myself for the rest of my life. Whether or not someone came in and added to that, was like unimportant to how I decided I would be happy for the rest of my life. Mm. And I don't mean like I, it wasn't something I wanted. I just mean when it, if it came and left, if it came a couple times, if it came once, if it never came at all, I had decided that I was going to be so happy and so in love with myself, no fucking matter what. It wasn't even on my radar to think about developing that hope. So personally, mm -hmm. I approached that monumentally differently. I think in terms of someone that's looking for that hope, I may say other things like the Jace Shetty thing where finding and reaffirming how much love you already have in your life mm -hmm. from family, from friends, to yourself, to your pet, to your interests, to your hobbies, to your passions. Like love is love is love. Like it's all the same energy. So reaffirming how much of it you already have shows you like, of course, romantic love will come. Maybe it'll go, maybe it'll be around forever. Like there's so much love already that that is an inevitable almost. Mm -hmm. But speaking strictly, cause they were asking like from a personal perspective from the two girlies, like what I, I made it so intentional that that would not matter to my happiness and to my self-love and access to love. Mm -hmm. And it would, that was the key to finding it for me mm -hmm. was not even like, I, I really, you prioritized yourself. I prioritize myself. And it's funny because the catalyst to all of that was I'm still really close with one of my ex's moms and we mm -hmm. were on a hike and she said that to me. She was like, enough is enough. Like figure out how to be alone and how to love yourself completely because whether they come and go, like it, you, you need that for yourself. Almost in the same way that we are, have been talking so much recently about the importance of friendships outside of relationships yeah. and especially if you're like someone that identifies as a woman, other woman relationships is so impactful and so monumental and so you should understand when to go to one versus another and you shouldn't go to both for everything nor the same things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how I started feeling about myself. Like I can generate that for myself and I don't need it. I got a really good piece of advice once that was talking about how in the same sort of like detachment from whoever it is that this person is going to be in your life, trusting that you will be met where you want to be met. Mm. And not from a place of guarded, which there's a question later here about self-sabotage in relationships that I want to talk about. Mm. So I'll talk about that more in there. So I'm not talking coming from like a very guarded place, but just truly in the knowing of what you want for yourself and for your life, trusting that you will be met there. Don't even attach mm. it to a person. You'll mm -hmm. be met there. Mm -hmm. And you, I mean, helped me endlessly. And it was that, it was really you and Maddie like held me down when mm. I would go through, because, you know, the, I really don't talk about it often on the podcast after episode one, that was the biggest trauma dump of my life. But you really no, didn't want to post that to be fair. No, you really didn't want to post that. I didn't. <laughs> I surely didn't. And since then, I feel like I've don't really talk about 
since like season one, I feel like I haven't talked about this relationship. It's like the relationship that came and went and what COVID relationship wasn't. Yeah. But the reason that that breakup was confusing was because my, it was the first time since my like fucked up emotionally abusive relationship that I was in love and that I fully promised myself to like give everything to a relationship. And then when it didn't work out, I was like, well, I don't want to fucking do that again. Shit. Mm -hmm. Like that Mm -hmm. was a lot. Like getting to know this person was a lot. Dumping my heart out. Like that was a lot. Like it was just like in the same way that people are like, fuck, I don't want to go to a new therapist because I hate my therapist. I'm just going to stay with this person. Yeah. And you guys were so helpful for me in that transition of reminding me like how far I had come Mm-hmm. not only in my self growth but like in relationships and to remember that closing myself off and making myself hard was what just traps me in feeling and acting super inauthentically mm-hmm. and feeling misunderstood mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. why go back to that place just keep moving forward you you push through uncomfortability once you can fucking do it again and mm-hmm. it every time every time there is something to learn I don't regret ever giving someone love too. You know what I mean? Like Me even, even in the abusive relationship, like we weren't in love, but like sending them love or feeling like I was giving them love at that time. Like I don't ever regret sending people love. I think it's, it's like the highest kindest thing you can do for another human on the planet, which again goes back to why, when I say coping is so important during this time, like sending out more love is like for the love of everything. Like we need it. Like that's yeah. what we need. We need no, to feel real. that. So And I mean, speaking of the question that we just answered about and how like letting, how something impacts you, my emotionally abusive ex, when I think about that relationship now, which like is something that it always is going to come up. Like I'm fucking talking about it with my therapist. Like it comes up in interesting ways, but it's become so like detached from the person. And it's more just Mm. about like the situation and acknowledging like what where my behaviors came from and the experience and, you know, whatever. Like, I don't hate him. I don't feel Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. Like, I can feel sad for myself, like the, like, girl who didn't know what the fuck she was getting into. But I always, whenever I have those moments, I literally send him love, especially now, Mm -hmm. like, where all people, like, love to, like, bring him up to me from, like, Miami. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even now, like, I just found out he fucking had a kid. And I'm like, mm-hmm. my first reaction was like, oh God. And then I found out it was a boy and I was like, oh God. And then all in those moments, I was like, I send you so much love mm-hmm. to be the best parent that you can be. And mm-hmm. I pray and hope that you've become a better man to raise mm-hmm. a man in this world. Mm-hmm. God knows if it's happened, but I fucking send it out there. You know what I mean? I hope all I can do is try to contribute to that experience from afar. I, if people don't know, I don't think we've ever talked about her on the podcast just because why, but, um, (laughs) I'm in love with Megan Fox and it's not because she's the hottest person on the planet, but it's because the way she talks about spirituality and mental health and witch shit is like the most authentic and grounded and aligned with me. I've ever heard a celebrity talk about it. If I ever see her in person, I'm just going to be like, yo, the way you fucking ride for the witches and the spirituality community, like you hold it the fuck down from a public facing perspective. And I'm obsessed with her. But she just wrote a book of poetry, and so she's been promoting it a lot. And she went on Drew Barrymore and talked about how she will never hate her ex, which is her baby daddy, and will only try to speak highly of him and and speak of him with love, especially in front of the children, which reminds me of how Kim talks about Ye, Mm -hmm. because her children 
there he is in their DNA. He's in their cells. He's in their body. He's a part of them. And for her to reject him is for her to reject her kids. And like, she Mm -hmm. will never show her kids that she rejects any aspect of them. And that feels such a part of this kind of idea to me. Like no matter what, like continuing to just feed that love, do the Ho'opono prayer if you have to, like do whatever you have to do. But like, it's the best thing. It's the best way to make you feel that Mm -hmm. detachment and you feel that groundedness that we're speaking to in our body moving forward. Mm -hmm. And again, always reiterating, like nobody deserves or called in any sort of abuse or any sort of anything Mm -hmm. like that. And thinking about the experience that I went through, I am so unbelievably grateful that I went through that Mm -hmm. because I know I would not be the woman that I am if I had not gone through that Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Trauma can show us our light like in the deepest depths of our darkness, we find how strong our light really is. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. you can do that in the moment. In fact, if you haven't seen my TikTok that is popping off for myself, thank you very much. You're doing you, great. Like your actual brain can't comprehend that in the moment. Like if something you think is bad that you're going through, you have to see it as bad and hold space for those feelings. We're talking about in the healing process, in the aftermath, having such a connection to the depth of your pain, the depth of your shadow, the depth of your trauma is what shows you how fucking stronger light can be. How to cope effectively when opportunities or projects don't work out. Feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Again, if you don't know how to do that, I posted a TikTok about it. That's super helpful. Guys, Meadow is popping the fuck <laughs> up on TikTok. Tell everybody what your handle is. At it's Meadowlark. Great. Same, same on Instagram. Instagram. Go fucking follow her. Her TikToks are great. Thanks. I'm really just trying to be a team player. It's all just to get to get people to come to the podcast. That's literally like, if you're here and you found me through there for the love of God, thank you. Because the only reason I'm there is to get you here. (laughs) Like truly, I don't want to be there. But, um, I did post like a step-by-step explanation of how to feel feelings. So like feel your feelings. Um, I'm trying to think there was one that like really fucking hurt me that I talked about recently on here. The one that kind of got the rug pulled out, the job offer that got the rug pulled out for me before I moved to mad happy. I did feel all the feelings I did like, uh, and by feeling all the feelings, I, yes, I do the practice that I said on TikTok, but I'll also obviously like journal about it. I'll unpack it with someone that cares about me. I'll think about it, whatever. And then if you're already implementing a lot of those practices in general and building that muscle in general, you may have that space of awareness to see things without yourself so attached to them. So like sleeping on it, not acting on it, not responding in an angry email, whatever, giving your space to feel the feelings, go through the whole ride. And then sleeping on things like tapping into that meditation, tapping into that awareness of the space in between. You can see things with more clarity to one, see like if there is something you could have done better or if it really had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Two, how it probably wasn't meant for you and misdirection is redirection or whatever. So I guess I would just say meditation, but you should be doing that always because it'll make it easier to get through times like this. Journaling, talking to friends, holding space for your feelings, do something physical because I feel like emotions really come yeah. up in your body. Do something physical. 100% do something physical. Do you have any other coping tips that I didn't No, mention? I think those are all things that I have that I do. Because I'm thinking about one specific instance that happened recently, mm-hmm. um, a job that I didn't get, and I was bummed. Mm. But it was very clearly shown to me and illuminated, like, thank God. Mm. But what helped me cope was literally just what everything Meadow said. Like allowing myself to feel the feelings and then like not throwing myself a pity party and like keeping it pushing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like allow yourself to feel, but also then allow yourself and force yourself to keep it pushing. We're not for everyone. When it comes to like business and work stuff, like not only are we so not for everyone, but there's always so many factors at play. Like tap into that abundance mindset and know that there's so many more things for you, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to that area of your life. And yeah, use that to help you keep it pushing and push through all those coping strategies to get to that space of awareness. Literally every no gets you closer to the yes. Yeah. That's what I always remind myself. If you have a mentor, it's also really helpful to talk the shit out with a mentor. Again, another case to get a mentor. We got a question about mentorship. How to seek mentorship, ah! which I love. You know, I love me some mentorship. I have thoughts okay, on mentorship. Can I do just do my meet cute with my mentor and then you do the actual yeah. tangible, helpful stuff? Sure. So I was consulting for Lonely Ghost and Bronson, my friend who's the co- one of the co-founders, had always said like, oh yeah, this guy Kingman, this guy Kingman, when I go to... LA Kingman, you know, he worked at Stance and all these different elements and all these different things. I just always heard the name Kingman over and over and over again. I was like, cool, excited. Can't wait to meet him. And then we did like a retreat for planning the next year of Lonely Ghost or whatever with a few people. And he was there and watching him talk to the team and watching his expertise. I was like, oh fuck, this guy is fucking cool. Like he's cool. He gets it. He's aligned. Like the way he talked about philosophy and spirituality in business, in marketing and storytelling. I just like, was like, oh, this guy gets it. I didn't, it's not like I necessarily stayed in touch with him. Like, I think we add each other on Instagram and kind of chat, but it's not like we were like super in contact. And then months went by other things happened in my life different pieces fell together. And I was just like, I do need a mentor. And I was like, I don't know who that would be. And then I thought about Kingman and I thought, it's not like he does the same exact things I do, but his approach, his philosophy, the life experience he had was so impactful and monumental. And I learned so much from him. I literally like cold emailed him or maybe texted him. I don't remember. And was just like, Hey, I don't even know if you do this. I don't know if you have the bandwidth for this. I've never had a mentor and I really want one. And I would love if it could be you. Like, are you ever open to having a conversation about that? And he immediately said, yes, took me under his wing, like had a whole protocol. Like he really believes in giving back. So it just worked out super seamlessly. But at the end of the day, I found someone that I thought expanded my worldview that I really appreciated. And I asked, I'm looking for mentorship. Would you be that for me? Or would you perhaps know someone to connect me to? Yes. I like that you added that ending because I have thoughts. Tell us. This is a perfect example of when Meadow can catch a vibe and like, you know, again, she didn't know, but like could catch a vibe that she was comfortable saying that to him because I don't always agree that that is the best way to like ask someone to be your mentor until you've gotten to a certain point. Because I think, okay, before I even get into that, I think there's a big misconception, right? Mentorship is such a hot topic word right now Mm. and like such a buzzword. And I don't want people, we literally just talked about this at the panel that I moderated. Mm. Do not feel like you need to have a mentor in order to have permission to do anything that you want to do in your career. Yes. Period. Yes. Yeah. Like we know we're all talking about it now. We're forever students. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Keep it pushing until that day comes. Mm -hmm. You're fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got Mm -hmm. it. Distinction number one. Distinction number two Mentorship does not need to be somebody that you know in real life. It could be someone you've never even fucking met in your life that you admire. Totally. Totally. Online mentors are so valuable and the amount of access that we have right now is unbelievable. Take a masterclass on somebody that you admire. That's an online mentor for you. Follow someone on Instagram. Follow someone on TikTok. Like there are so steady people 
watch hours of footage of them. Diary of a CEO. Jay Shetty. Like there is incredible podcasts, YouTube videos, TikTok, Instagram, Mm -hmm. like masterclass. There's so many amazing resources for you to have these online mentors where you can study and learn from people. And I am fucking obsessed with how easy this access has become. I know. Because like, oh my God, we love democratizing knowledge. Yeah. This is so exciting. So don't get caught up on that. If you live in fucking bumblefuck wherever and you're like, I'm never going to be, don't get caught up on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, you can have multiple mentors. People that fulfill different things, different needs, different whatever. Okay. And then also bringing it back to what I said about the way that Meadow messaged Kingman, that ultimately is a great message to send of like being clear about your intentions. Now, I think that like, again, it worked out with Meadow and Meadow reads people really well and catches a vibe very well. I think if like, it's someone that you don't really know, and that hasn't been like primed to the fact that like, that's why you're being connected. I need people to understand that mentorship is a two-way street. Like Mm -hmm. they also want to learn something from you and Mm -hmm. you need to add value in some way Mm -hmm. as well to the relationship. And because Mm -hmm. of that, I think it's, can be often inappropriate to like, just be like, Hey, I need a mentor for someone that's like, again, Mm -hmm. not been primed, like whatever. Sometimes it works out. I've definitely done it. And I kind of regret the way that I, like it taught me how to move better in that situation. So I would say like, if there's someone that you're really interested in meeting and that you're really excited to learn from reach out to them and ask them if they'd be interested in grabbing a coffee or if they'd be interested in a 15 minute call. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd love to learn more about XYZ. I'd love to connect with you. I'm really interested in XYZ and whatever. Like Mm -hmm. do that, start to gain the relationship with somebody. And then sometimes it becomes this, like, there's a lot of mentors in my life that I've never been like, Hey, can you be my mentor? Like it has just Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even know if they know that I would call them a mentor, but like I've learned Jesse so much. Jesse Israel is that to me. He's, yeah. he's coached me so much in my career and stuff. He's absolutely like, I don't know if I've mm-hmm. ever said it to him, but he's such a mentor to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then with the adding value thing. So one of the women on the panel was talking about how she, to her mentor was like, I wanted to make sure that I was adding value, but I didn't know how to, because it's this mm. incredible person that like, they're so successful, whatever. She's like, I just started sending them articles I thought they would like mm-hmm. and just being like, hey, read this this morning, thought you'd enjoy it. Like this part was interesting and reminded me of you. And it's like, even that is like interesting, mm-hmm. especially if mentors are older than you, like knowing what like the youth is talking about or like, you know, no, totally. whatever. Totally. Um, so I think there's like total different ways that you can like add value. You don't have to feel like you need to be like on par with them success wise, whatever. So yeah, I would say don't get caught up on the fact that they have to be somebody that, you know, online resources Mm -hmm. are so fucking remarkable. Try and have the social skills around understanding like and priming them to the idea of being your mentor. I also might be completely wrong in that. And like, there might just be, I think that's also for like really corporate situations or people who are like really busy. Like there are also just different ways. Like like, I don't know. Mine wasn't corporate, case. but we had like, yeah, but we had worked together, met, spent a weekend retreat together, talked exactly. about things. Like it, yes. I, I knew that it would, like you said, I read people well. I have great fucking intuition. I caught a vibe and I knew it would probably work out. And he was like primed to that kind of, of like you exactly. need to be a person, blah, right. blah, blah. Don't feel like you can't do something because you don't have a mentor. So that's what I'd say about that. Okay.
This that was, was great. Well said. Thank, Thank you for you. that advice. This was a short and sweet one today because like we said, our brains are a little and we got stuff to do, but we love you all. We hope you're holding space for yourself and navigating being a human being on the planet. Mm-hmm. It is always hard. It's always it, like, there's always different stuff going on. Like meet yourself where you're at, hold space for yourself, show up for yourself and other people in the way that feels good to you. Rely on those coping skills, make those self-care routines non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Hold space for your feelings. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate every single one of you. Yeah. Be sure to follow us Follow us on Instagram at thoughtsmaybeberrypod as well as TikTok if you're interested on there. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It means so much to us and we love seeing your shining faces over there as well. We post full-length video episodes mm-hmm. of all of our episodes. Come to Patreon if you want a good time. We always have our downloadable digital manifestation journal, Co-Create, available on our website. And in She's the show holding notes. it down for me recently. What is? Co-Create? Co-Create. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes if I like – I recently have been doing this thing where I don't journal with her, but I meditate with her. Oh. So like rather than using them as journal prompts, I read through a couple things and then I go into a meditation with those as primed things for just me to sit with. And it has been – I love that. Yeah. So yeah, all the above. Give that a try. Thank you so much for being here. Ciao. Love everyone. Bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.